Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to the Mayfair Theater Podcast, episode 50. Yeah! 50! I'm Andrew. I'm Mel. I'm Josh. And uh, we've set up a balloon drop. You can't see it, but there's a balloon drop to celebrate our 50th episode happening right now. They're all Rocky Horror leftover balloons. Yeah, streamers, dancing girls, condoms. It's it's a all-star venue. It's uh, not too long after we did our last podcast, which is awesome. It's only a few days later, but we're going to post this later in the week. It is... What is it? Monday, January fourth, um, twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. We're in the future. I haven't seen you since last year. Wow, <laughs> that's my favorite joke. It's been a while, man. It's like I'm so old. Like when I was a kid, twenty sixteen seemed like thirty sixteen. You know, like or, or like we should have had. I never thought I'd make it this far. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I thought like, we'd be done. Right? I thought we were gonna be in the nineties forever. Or like we'd have. We're very much in the future, lots of cool future things, but, like, where's my jetpack and flying car and made robot? I have a BB-8 robot, that's pretty cool, but I want a made robot. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's freezing outside, the weather's turned, global warming has betrayed us, uh, giant uh, mounds of snow all over the place. I just walked here, I think it's, like, minus 40, and... You know you're Canadian because I was just like, oh, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> I wore long johns and like an extra layer underneath and pulled out my feather jacket. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I look like I'm on Hoth, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not super Star Warsy, so I don't really know. But that's, that's the right planet. No, on, on Instagram I put uh, Mel she wolf of the SS. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> whenever I see those furry, <laughs> whenever I see those furry coats on a woman, I think of Elsa. I think of Nazi exploitation films. <laughs> Is that what you're wearing on your, your, your recluse to the forest when you were chopping wood? And... No. Because I saw photos the, and it didn't it no, hadn't turned yet, right? The weather yeah. was nice. Um, except that one morning I woke up and you couldn't see anything outside. The cottage is like sort of perched on top of a mountain. And everything is downhill from there kind oh, of thing. Man. The water is down below and stuff yeah. like that. And you can see Ottawa like in the distance. Everything was white. You couldn't see anything. You couldn't yeah. even see the tree that that has a branch that's sort of sticking towards the window. It was crazy. We were talking about, um, a couple years ago, a friend of mine visited who's from Brazil, and a friend was with her, and there was a, a squirrel on her balcony, and she was looking at that <laughs> squirrel like it was Sasquatch, like she had never seen a squirrel before. Oh so we are talking to uh, a friend's boyfriend at the New Year's party that I went to, and he's from the southern states, and they have, like, rattlesnakes and scorpions. And he said to him, that's just, like, normal. And I'm like, I can't imagine walking down the street. And, and he said when he was a kid, he would pick up rattlesnakes and throw them at each other. That's what kids would do. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I don't pick up a squirrel and throw it at somebody. But, but so, out, out in the forest, are there any big things? Did you see any, like, deer or moose or anything like that out there? Actually, the whole, like, three, three and a half days did you see we bo- Did you see Bigfoot? Bigfoot? Any Bigfoot? No. We went back and visited and saw two wild geese, which is like, I'm glad we were in the car. Oh, yeah. Because those guys are monsters. Deadly. Yeah. Um, and we saw a blue jay. Is it? Is it? <laughs> That's I, was, cool. I was really looking forward to like deer. Greg was like, I think I maybe saw a predatory bird, but then like in yeah. retrospect, maybe it was one of the turkeys. They're, they're pretty nasty too. They're scary. I yeah. saw, I was driving back from a road trip once. It wasn't in wintertime, it was in the fall. And saw, I don't know what you call them, a, a murder of turkeys, like a gang of turkeys. It must be. 
and there was like 30 of them and they're they're just monsters like they look like star wars it's monsters so weird and colorful and they don't care they're like walking down to the road and stopping traffic and stuff <laughs> and making noise and like so I imagine if they came upon your camping site or or cottage site it could be a mess it could be a disaster yeah yeah cuz i've um, seen i've seen a moose once and it was like seeing a dinosaur it, it somebody was. posted a video like today on facebook of a moose just like whooshing past a group of people who were doing like a doo-doo nature walk through yeah, the yeah. snow and it's like there's a path that's cleared like the moose is at first heading straight towards them and yeah. they're like oh shit oh <laughs> yeah. shit getting out of the way and it just like whooshes past them like crazy powerful yeah I can't imagine running into something like that because they're monsters they're, they're, they're huge <laughs> that's the only reason I like I love cryptozoology and UFOs and all that stuff but I keep an open mind that 95% of it is crackpots yeah. but I still love it but I keep an open mind towards stuff like Sasquatch just because most people haven't seen a moose. And, like, the way I saw a moose, I was a little kid, same thing, kind of at a cottage. And my dad and I were kind of going on a hike or something like that. And he stopped me. And he, and he just went, like, stop. And we stopped. And I was a kid, so it looked even bigger, right? Yeah, I was, like, yeah. four or five years old. Oh, my God. And it was, like, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then a dinosaur with antlers walked by and then disappeared. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, like, just, like, didn't see him, walked by, disappeared. And that's why I kind of, you know, every time they discover a new a new ape or fish or bird, that's why I'm like, eh, there could be big, cool ape creatures out there yeah. still, maybe, you know? Yeah. But, but yeah, because there are. There, and the, no one sees them. Like, you see them very rarely. Every once in a while, one poor bastard stumbles into a suburbia or something. But Yeah. Speaking of Sasquatch, though. Yeah. <laughs> Back, Sasquatch talk. Somebody, somebody posted, we saw no other nature. It was just, like, trees and stuff. Yeah. It was just fine. It was perfect. It was totally quiet. But um, somebody posted a video. Uh, somebody like cleaned up the original Sasquatch. Okay. Yeah, video. yeah, yeah. Like uh, it was super shaky cam and stuff like that. And I guess they just like. Yeah. I don't know what you call it. Fixed it. Streamlined. Digitally remastered. Digitally remastered. Yeah. yeah. Just like unshakeified it. Yeah. And and so that's online if you want to look. Could it they up. like see the zipper now or? No, do but they, it like... sort of looks like a guy who's like walking and then it's yeah. like, "Hey, Joe, you got this? <laughs> yeah. You got me? Okay." <laughs> You know? My, like, I love this stuff, and I will never forgive the Loch Ness Monster guy, because as the story goes, like, he, he, the, the guy who took the photo swore by it up and down. It was real, not fake, and of course everyone was like, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. So, like, on his deathbed in Scotland, he's like 97 years old, his last words were like, it's a fake, <laughs> and he died. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> Take it to your grave. <laughs> Man, yeah. He was like afraid to like not to get into heaven because he lied about that or something. So he had to like, but I was like, oh man, just just keep it going. But no, <laughs> yeah. But um, so thank you for listening to Sasquatch <laughs> Talk. <laughs> we, we've we've it's it's like the way um, what should we call it? AMC TV slowly went from showing movies all the time to showing like Mad Men and Walking Dead. We're just gonna become a cryptozoology <laughs> podcast. Talk about random shit when no one's looking. Um, well, we could get on topic. Uh, I, I can say, so we have... Uh, speaking of Martians. Speaking of... Yeah. Speak, yeah speak, that was even where speaking I was going. Speaking of Sasquatch. Speaking Matt of Damon. Matt Damon <laughs> is in a movie called The Martian where he and the Sasquatch. Um, what I can say about The Martian is I was chatting with it, chatting about it with um, Candy Bar Matthew, and he said something that I kind of say sometimes. He said, it's not the best movie of the year, but it was his favorite movie of the year. Mm. He really liked it. And he pointed out to me, he said, oh, it's by Drew Goddard, who wrote Cabin in the Woods. 
And I was like, oh, I know who Drew Goddard is. He's a Buffy alum. So um, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, so it got it got a big thumbs up from our candy bar staff, mm-hmm. from Matthew. Um, it's got a crazy cast, just from the trailer. Like, it's got Donald Glover and... and, and uh, oh, I just heard a bell. Did you hear that? <laughs> Whose iPhone was that? Recess. Um, who's in it? Jeff Bridges is in it. Um, Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Matt Damon, of course, but an ensemble cast of, of what at one point was mostly comedians, and now they're kind of more dramatic actors. Uh, directed by Ridley Scott, who for a lot of people is kind of hit and miss over the past few years. Um, but he's or he's not doing Blade Runner 2. Uh, he's like producing it, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know I'm in the grand minority, and I don't know if you... Everybody has a movie or two that they really like that the rest of the world doesn't. I have a lot of those. I really, I know <laughs> so I'm in, many of those. Andrew's probably going to yell at me right now. I really like Prometheus. And I think it's because... Like, you're not alone. kind of like it. I, I like... I'm I, not speaking for myself. Right. Most people alone. don't, I don't think. I, it's, I, not a, it's not a loved movie. Maybe it's because I put horse blinders on to like the dozens of gaping plot holes that I think might be in there. But just as a movie, we're like... I kind of defend it because like... I've met some scientists in real life. I've worked with a couple on various gigs. Or I know people like characters in horror or sci-fi movies who critics don't like because they're dumb. And I'm like, yeah, but in real life, sometimes people go, what's that noise? And walk towards it. And if you don't have those characters in a monster movie... Like, have you ever scared yourself yeah. at home alone in the dark? You have to go find yeah, out yeah, what yeah. it is. And if, and if in a movie <laughs> Otherwise like... Otherwise you drive yourself insane. Yeah, and in a movie like Prometheus, if they just went, well, that looks like a scary planet, let's keep flying. There's no movie, people. You gotta, you gotta have it. But So I really enjoyed, purely as just like scary enjoyment really liked Prometheus really liked the actors in it um and so and it's interesting how what Ridley's Ridley's getting up there he's like 80 isn't he and and he's still Seven, pumped, yeah in his 70s and he's, and he's still pumping out these kind of seemingly hard to produce big epic movies like he's not just doing like a little kind of like talking head character piece mm-hmm. um was that Angels did an Angel get his wing <laughs> I don't know what happened um but so the Martian is I don't is it going to be an Oscar movie? Oh yeah, yeah. It'll be nominated for all the all the awards for like picture and every like probably. Not, that's that's what I'm hearing. Not I mean, just that, like there seems to be some Oscar buzz effects and it. sound and those kind of things. Speaking mm-hmm. of Oscars, when do I have to apply for a liquor license? Oh yeah, well the Oscars are when are they? March, February. When are they announcing them? They should be announcing them any second now, because you it's like the Golden Globes happens. And do the Oscar nominations come out before that or after that? I have n- I don't know. I lose track because the Oscars used to be like around my birthday at the end of March, and now they're in February. They put them closer to the calendar year, I think. But there's so many award shows. I kind of it's a blur. I kind of forget when they are coming. I know Chris Rock is hosting it this year, mm-hmm. so there'll be lots of extra swearing. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so um, the Martian. We have coming up starting uh, this Friday the 8th. Also returning for a holdover week is Brooklyn, uh, which... Which has been doing gangbusters. Man, we, we've been... Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, everybody, because in this horrible, holly, horrible holiday season when people are so busy often or scared to come out because it's minus 40 outside, um, yeah, we've been having... Like, Spotlight did really well. Brooklyn did really well. Trumbo recently like did really well. It's like two sides. Like, either I'm really sorry that your relatives suck that much. <laughs> yeah. Or like, or, like, really glad that everybody came us. out despite well, especially loving their family. Brooklyn is a little bit more heartwarming. But the ones we had before that, like, 
Spotlight is about child molesters. Uh, Trumbo is about betrayal of your industry. Uh, uh, Bridge of Spies is a a war picture, so it's kind of heavy. So it it was kind of a heavy week. And then then, uh, Brooklyn, I saw last Friday and uh, really liked it. Uh, just a simple movie, girl coming from Ireland to, to, to New- the big bad New York City, nice romantic movie. But as the credits rolled, uh, Gwen leaned over to me, and so Gwen's from Halifax and moved to Ottawa, mm-hmm. which might not seem like the big city, but compared to Dartmouth is the big city. And she leaned over to me, and she's like, that's my story. <laughs> and I was like, you can never go back and visit your parents by yourself, because your mom will try to hook you up with a nice Halifax plumber boy. And Oh, no, wait. In the movie, the New Yorker was the plumber. Yeah. But she, the mother in, in the movie tried to set up with a nice Irish boy. So I just picture Gwen going back home and trying to get set up with a nice Halifax boy. He has a weird accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have a real so job. Funny. He doesn't contribute to society. Oh. He writes comic books and hangs out at a movie theater. Uh, but it, it was, it's one of those movies that, despite itself, it sounds very backhanded. Like, on paper, it just seems like, uh, you know, uh, we've seen it before. But, sounds like a heritage minute. Or like, <laughs> yeah, it, it does sound like a heritage minute. But it was really good. The actors well, were good in it. She didn't invent anything, though. No. Or does she? she? Um, That's true. Maybe. She just comes to Brooklyn. Yeah, they can make it up. What I, I'm always interested in, so Martian, obviously an effects movie. He's going to Mars, there's going to be a spaceship, that kind of thing. Um, in Brooklyn, I'm always interested in the effects in non-effects movies. Because she's walking around Brooklyn and New York City in 1952. So they have, you know, so every car, every piece of wardrobe. But it also means, like, the skyline. So the set design is so fascinating. Yeah, so they got to go in, and I'm assuming, like, take a real picture of New York City from the Brooklyn point of view, which is a lovely, lovely uh, skyline, and kind of take out the new, I don't know what you call the like new... not new world trade, not exact, old, maybe? Yeah, depending on the time. so you got to take out all that... Take out any kind of, like, anything oh of, 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 of uh, lamppost signs. Uh, you know, make sure the storefronts don't have a little, like, credit card logo in it. All these little things I'm fascinated by because it's not an effects movie per se, but I bet you there's a ton of effects in it mm-hmm. just to kind of get rid of all that. And then even in Ireland, like, going over there and trying to make it look like 1952, just kind of all the, whether it be cars or wardrobe or digital stuff. So I always kind of have catch an eye for that in movies like Brooklyn. Um and it's written by Nick Hornby, who did, or screenplay by Nick Hornby, who did High Fidelity, which mm-hmm. seems like a very different kind of picture. Um, yeah, really good. And the crowd was crazy. Like, Friday night, it was like 200 people, I Even think. Even last night, Sunday. Yeah. Sunday, Sunday was busy. Crazy, yeah. crazy busy. In the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep doing it. Keep coming. Yeah. yeah. I, I won't, I won't, obviously, oh, I can't even name names. So I'll, I'll try to neutrally tell a story that ends happily. Uh, oh, I think I know what you're going to s- say. Someone in line... In, in, in anything, there's going to be grumpy people. I don't know. Had a bad day. Someone got really grumpy at me um, for trying to get them to show their, their membership card. And then on top of that, they wanted us to have, like, debit or interact. And I just kind of, I was trying not to be snarky, but I was just like, well, just like a, a bus pass or a library card, you kind of have to show it. And, and, um, and, and here's the catch. Also, this, if you're a member, you know yeah. we only take cash. Yeah, and, and from my video store days, and I'm sure anybody could say this, if you're nice to a clerk, the clerk will be nice to you. Yeah. If you go up back in the, in, the, in, the, in the olden days of video stores, if you go up and you're really apologetic, oh, I'm sorry, I found this under my kid's bed, 
and you look and it's like, oh my god, you owe fifty dollars, and you just say, hey, don't worry about it, you're a good customer. If you come up and you're a jerk, it's going to be a like, bit harder. You owe me the world. Yeah. So I had a small little interaction with this couple. They walked away angry, and what 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 warmed my heart and made my Grinch heart grow three sizes too big was it was re- it was really packed. So there was like like a dozen people in the lobby behind them, and then a lineup going outside. Each of the dozen people behind said they thought I slash we were doing a great job. Mm-hmm. And the first person behind them in line kind of said it loud enough so the other people could hear. And it was just like, yeah! It was, it was such a nice kind of feeling, you know, that, that, the, the, that our, the, most of our customers had my back. when yeah. And they realized, like, there's 200 people in line, and no one's fault, but a lot of times, if it's a, whatever it was, a 6 o'clock, 6.30 movie, 75% of the people show up five minutes before. Mm-hmm. So on a slow night, that's not too bad. But when you're trying to get in 125 people in five minutes, in five minutes yeah. you're not small talking. You you're, yeah, <laughs> there's no time for chats. Yeah. And, and uh, so I just, that uh, started negatively, but ended in a very nice Mayfair moment where our patrons were very nice and had my back. And, and, and you know, for people who do wonder, that that's the kind of eternal struggle of, of if you're at a multiplex and there's a row of 20 ATMs and you can go up and get your ticket... That's a different beast than a little one-house movie theater, one-screen movie theater, where there's one clerk and nobody ripping tickets. Um, if you come up with your debit card, and we just don't have the facilities or money to install three or four uh, uh, ATMs in our lobby, uh, you know, you punch in your number, even if you're waving your card, it just, just slows for, everything down. Yeah. Uh, for speed of service, especially on a busy night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It helps us to sort of regulate the flow of people going into Candy Bar. Yeah. Uh, only having one person at a box office and only taking cash. Yeah. It also, I mean, and that's not to say that it slows things down. Yeah. Because it also helps us to move faster at the box office because we know what change we're giving you immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and amongst I'm... other things. Like, it's just like, it takes me 10 seconds to process if you're ready i'm ready you know yeah it takes nothing and with debit it's gonna be like oh it didn't work can i try it again oh it didn't work can i you know like we have debit at mayfair orleans yeah and it was a nightmare yeah between either not not even just processing transactions but as soon as it goes down then it's like the end of the world because everybody anticipates that you will have debit and then you have to tell everybody that you don't well it's like like i can i can I will neither confirm nor deny I went to the multiplex to see Star Wars. <laughs> and uh, Well, legally you had to. I had to. I had to. I got a tattoo. I have to see it. It's, it's, but um, uh, that's the thing. In, in a big, big, giant multiplex, and I think there is like 20 ATM robots. So Yeah, but their ATM robots are their box office. Yeah, now. yeah. There's no box so office. Yeah, you could, you, yeah there's, no, there's never anybody. No. When I go to uh, some theaters, there's <laughs> yeah. never anybody. I'm yeah. not going to name <laughs> I'm not going to name names. Whenever I never go to other theaters. You're all at the candy bar, yeah. and you buy your ticket. Yeah. I don't get the whole buy your ticket. I don't get that. Buy your ticket it's at the candy bar. Trying that makes to no sense candy. to me. When I worked for Empire, as soon as they How does that work for them? To, they, for, as, in their logic, it's like uh, improving their RPP, return for patron. You're cutting off an entire position, so you have to pay one person oh, less so per it's hour. Just, um, yeah. So, so, so that's the thing. You're cons- it's conserving. It's like penny saved. Mm-hmm. I imagine some kind of like Jetsons future where it's like the candy bar is almost like some kind of giant like chocolate bar machine. You Didn't know? Did you say they already have self serve drink machines? 
That's insane to At me. the theater in Canada, they do. And uh, it, um, they the subway down the street has one, too. It's, it's one of those... Um, yeah. Computerized, you know, like 100, 100 flavors of Coke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I went to see Star Wars there, and um, it took me longer to get a drink than to... I already bought my ticket. I went right in, but, like, their drink machines were <laughs> shutting I down. I understand, like... Because it was Star Wars, so, so much, it was... Yeah. yeah, but, like, it's just still so much nicer to talk to a person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gwen went back and, and bought... I, I, anybody out there, I need a popcorn bucket. <laughs> I have a popcorn bucket. Oh my bucket. God, please get Josh a popcorn <laughs> bucket. But I'm so stubborn it's now. Turning into <laughs> it's turning into moss. It's like. There's tape all over it's it. tape. I just, I'm trying to be nice and environmental, but <laughs> this popcorn bucket five years ago was fine, but now using it. It looks like a trailer park toilet. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's a Pirates of the Caribbean bucket. I found a couple online. That's like as old as my career in movie theaters. Yes. But the shipping is like 50, like for real, like shipping $40, you know, $2 oh. for the bucket. So I'm like, why don't they make a Star Wars bucket? Why don't they make a Charlie Brown bucket? There is bucket? a Star Wars bucket. Is there a bucket? Yeah. Where is it? I have one. Give it to me. <laughs> the, the, uh, I probably should. The, I, well, we got a, a giant uh, um, cup with the new the new Happy Face Stormtroopers on it. Mm-hmm. But I swear, I kind of bring it in. I think it's like eight liters. Like She, she comes back holding this cup. S- Slurpee? Yeah, and I'm looking around at my friends around me. I'm like, if anyone want, we got to, everyone, everyone, <laughs> everyone uh, dig into this. Oh, my God, it was so big. And um, I, I think it cost us like $20. I don't know. But, again, it was like in principle. Like, I had to buy Star Wars merchandise. I bought, they were on sale, but I bought uh, Star Wars gummy candy and uh, Star Wars Shreddy's box that has uh, Captain Phasma on it um, for two bucks. That you will never open. There's no toys in it. I wish there was oh. toys in it. It's just, it's just the picture of her on the front, but no. I'm like... And then you're like, do I keep the box? I don't know. Like, Yeah. What, okay, so, like, Star Wars wasn't really part of my life. Yeah, you're, you're, like, right in between. But it yeah. is now. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. In, <laughs> I mean, I guess Well, you can't escape. Look, I love the new Star Wars film. I've seen it twice. Here's yeah. the thing. Everybody's already spoiled everything for me, oh, and I'm man. totally I need a break it. from it. I, I yeah. can't go anywhere without seeing Star Wars on something. Well, That's yeah. Weird. And that part I hate. But it's very interesting that it is the first movie in a long time that has done that, that seemed to have had some cultural, um, like, footfall. Because when I was a kid, like, E.T. played in theaters for, like, nine months. Yeah. Twelve months. And, and was on every lunchbox, um, uh, stuffed animal, you know, uh, Eminem ad. And that seems to have gone away, because nowadays a movie will make a billion dollars. Like, say, like a Transformers movie. Or, or a, a more quality film, like one of the Harry Potters or something like that, but just comes and goes. Until, like, Star Wars, though. Yeah. Like, every, there's a Star Wars everything out there. Like, it seems now like there's a movie... a Star Wars toaster. Yeah. Oh, I want that toaster. Yeah. <laughs> I want the toaster. Is that like the one that, that... That's a bit much for me. It's like, okay, like, I get it, it's cute, but... Is that the one that burns Darth Vader's helmet onto the toast? It's um, probably Star Wars sex toys. It's, too. like... Helmet shaped, yeah. which is the Star Wars on your toast. Yeah, I think. yeah, it burns. Oh, it burns Star Wars, the Star Wars logo into your toast. <laughs> I would. I like the idea that it like burns, like makes <laughs> it like like doesn't taste Charder good. in this area, yes. The uh, but what is I, I put online like Star Wars put out like a little like Happy New Year twenty sixteen and in the logo is kind of like the new characters and stuff. Yeah, and I just retweeted it and I put like, yes, we want to show this as much as you do. Like hold your breath and stay tuned. Like yeah. you can't guarantee it, but don't you know, hold your breath. Oh my god! I just killed all of it. Oh no! 
But people were very nice right away, knowing that, like, kind of understanding that we're not in the position to just say, like, hi, Disney, we're we want to show it right them. now. Yeah. But a couple of people, like, like forwarded it to Star Wars and said, like, hey, Star Wars, give the little guy a chance, you know? Um, but, you know, like, we screened, uh, you know, Mad Max and, and more kid movies. Like, we, we or Guardians of the Galaxy. We screened a lot of Disney stuff, Pixar stuff. So, like, we're going to screen it. As long as it supposedly it's coming out on Blu-ray really fast, like April or so something like we'll that. So maybe we'll get it really fast. Yeah, so maybe like right before that window, like end of March or something. But yeah. I just want to see it on the screen. I want to yeah. see it like, but and then I'll I'll, nice just, I'll just watch it over and over again, in here. But uh, but yeah, so we've done our best to help that little Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, getting back on track, we've talked about Brooklyn and Martian, uh, the Experimenter. With Peter Sarsgaard and Winona Ryder. The Ottawa premiere. Ottawa premiere, mm. based on a uh, um, true story. Uh, the Stanley Meisner experiment? Yeah, is I remember hearing about this ages St- Stanley ago. Stanley Milgram. Somebody, maybe there was a documentary about it, or like 60 Minutes did something about it, but I remember seeing something about this ages ago, and basically the long and short of it is, it's, it's kind of the scene from Ghostbusters with Peter Venkman when he's like zapping the guy. Yeah. So it's like that, but it's ex- the 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 experiment is is will humans stop when asked, or will they keep doing yeah. something? Bad? Even if they keep getting that electric shock, will they stop doing it? Yeah, and a and, lot of them don't. And the person doing it, if the person being shocked is like, "Ow, please stop it," but the doctor says, "No, no, do it again." And I think scarily enough, most people do it. Most, most people, people will like, do what they're told. Yeah, yeah. Like I saw another movie kind of like this, but it was about. A prison experiment. Oh, the experiment. Oh my God! And it's just the German one. Yeah, so uh, the Germans. Shocking enough, but uh, um, about a similar kind of mental experiment. But they put a bunch of nice normal people in a prison, and then it all goes horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And so this is a bunch of nice normal people um, doing shock tests, and it all goes on like yeah, possibly friends and family members. But um, who else is in it? The comedian. Um, the Hot Pockets comedian. I just forgot his name. But Patton Oswald? No, not Patton. Um, no, so there's, there's a comedian in it who I... I John Leguizamo? No. John Leguizamo's in it. John Leguizamo's in it. And Winona Ryder. He's a comedian. Winona Ryder, who, who has, like, my favorite voice. Like, ever since, like... Yeah. Like, Edward Scissorhands. She kind of has this, like... I don't know if sing-song's the right word, but this, like, like quiet, like, fairy tale kind of voice. Um... And yeah, and I've been a fan of hers since the kind of Tim Burton days. Uh, and then the fourth movie we have this week is uh, some family matinee screenings of the Peanuts movie. Which a lot of people asked for at the beginning of the holidays. So. Yeah, I think so. we tried to get it sooner, but it wasn't available. Uh, I love Charlie Brown. I, I am in the midst of, in the past decade or so, um, they've released two years to a volume, these really beautiful little volumes that I just get from the library because I just don't have room for 25 more giant hardcover books in my house. Uh, and so I'm, I'm two away from having read all 50 years of, of the Peanuts comic strips. And the the thing that made me hesitant about this movie is in the, there's the exact same bio is printed in every book. And, it, and, it, and I forget the exact timeline, but basically Charles Schultz retired... His last strip was published, and then he died, mm-hmm. like, right after. So he retired, got to, got to tell his final story, and then died, like, a week later. So I think by the time the, the strip was published, 
he died like the day before or after the last strip was published. So this crazy turn of events. Brutal. But in his bio, he says he didn't want. He made it sure in his like in his will or with his with his managers or whatever that he didn't want other people carrying it on. He this was his story. This was his. Thing. So not Ella Archie comics. Exactly. Not or like if you look at like Blondie or Hagar the Horrible, a lot of those comic strips have have they're actually family. Like they've been handed down to like sons and daughters. A lot of them. That's I think. really so cool. So it's kind of cool, but so that made me hesitant when they said we're doing a movie, and I was like, but he said in this mm-hmm. book I read that he didn't want that done. So the thing that turned me around, and I may have haven't seen it yet, but the thing that turned me around is that the family's involved. So you hope that's a positive and not a negative. You hope that's like them overseeing it and not them going money, 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 money. And Paul Feig... Which is always like... Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's always tough to say because like that happened with Lord of the Rings where the the son of Tolkien continued making books and I think, and I'm exaggerating slightly, but I think basically would like go into his closet and find some rough notes and go like, oh, we can make this into another book where, you know, or Dr. Seuss has had like three or four books come out since his death. It's kind of a, a, a common thing now. Or, like, any rapper who has died has oh, like six yeah, albums. Yeah, or, like, like, oh, previously unreleased content from, like, yeah. Judy Bloom, And it's, like... <sighs> maybe there's a reason that thing yeah. get released. Like, maybe... Do there's... we really need to, like, read every little post-it note that this person has ever written on ever in their life? Yeah. And, and so that, that was my negative thought about the Peanuts movie. Then Paul Feig is involved. And I love Paul Feig. He, he did the TV... He worked on the TV shows like Freaks and Geeks and Undeclared. Uh, he did movies like Bridesmaids and the upcoming Ghostbusters movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and just as, a, as like a person, like I love his Twitter feed, I, I, good interviews, and he promised that this was being done with the best intention. So, so I kind of hold him up on a bit of a quality pedestal. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that this... And, and then the, the trailer when I saw it admittedly kind of won me over a bit. So... So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it this Saturday uh, afternoon, and um, hope it's awesome. And it's one of those things too. Is it's interesting the challenge of taking a strip like that and and it, but it's been done before. Like there's a few Peanuts movies from like the '70s, I believe. Well, we showed we showed one right? Race for Your Life or Run for Your Life, Charlie Brown. Yeah, or something. and they, and it's almost like the same as the 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 TV shows where. You watch the Christmas special or the Halloween special, they're like half an hour long, but there's some random stuff thrown in, like the Red Baron Snoopy stuff, and you're like, why is that in here? And it's because they just kind of took a bunch of little stories, and I think that's what they did with this. They kind of took a bunch of the actual strips and kind of squished them together, and it's only 88 minutes, and that's with credit, so it's probably actually like about 80 minutes of animation. Um, So yeah, so it's cool. I, I, I always like having the family matinee movies, but sometimes we just don't have enough content there's not enough to put out there um and yeah so that's this this weekend the january 9th and 10th uh at 3 30 on the saturday and one o'clock on the sunday um the other kind of cool thing is that we were we were going backwards it's like a band going to vinyl we got we're in a radio show now we're on a radio channel oh yeah (laughs) so mel knows more about this because you actually listened to the gentleman when he was a radio host. Yeah, like anybody who grew up listening to Cool FM would probably remember Milky. Mm-hmm. Or the Milkman. Yep. And he um, he And then he went on to work for Bob FM. Yeah. And then when they switched over their formatting, um, is when he decided to start his own radio show, I guess. 
Yeah, and I looked at like the website, and and it's like it's a radio channel, and but he's I guess he like it's it's his baby, so like he's programming it, he's hosting it, and mm-hmm. I guess he's just. I, it must be incredible to have your own thing after working for a yeah. radio station for so long. And and hope and I guess he's actually making a go of it and like getting um, really good ratings. Mm-hmm. And it's like anything else, like. It, it, Anytime a medium switches like that, like there, there's a couple of really good documentaries about, about about comic strips, and back in the day of like not even that long ago, like 15 years ago, 10 years ago, people were like, no one's ever gonna read comics online. No one's ever gonna, you know, people love newspapers. Mm-hmm. Cut to now, all the major comic book publishers, DC, Marvel, Archie, do both paper and digital. Mm-hmm. Um, and comic strips, like, like the aforementioned, like Blondie, Hagar, the Horrible, all those ones, you can look at them online from their distributor's site or on the newspaper. Um, and now people are making a living off it. People are make by, by selling banner ads and selling merchandise. And so same with a radio channel, like, like this one, where if he's selling ad space and some banner ads, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I could like actually keep my head above water doing this cool thing. And, uh, I guess he came to you and said... He was in, or first we swapped ads with him, I guess. He was here for um, a premiere, like a local production. I don't remember what the title is. I think it was, how is it? Oh, yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that was it was what called, it was called How Is It? How Is It? Okay. So yeah. he came for that, and he said, uh, he sent me an email shortly after that. Yeah. Basically saying, like, came for this thing, really love the theater like, fell in love with it all over again. Yeah. I'm doing a radio show. How do you guys feel if we do, like, I already do, um, movie music Mondays? Or, okay, I think yeah. is what they were called. Um, where he basically played movie music on Mondays, and he was like, I was wondering how you guys would feel if we just sort of uh, picked a movie that you guys are playing and call it Mayfair Movie Mondays. Cool. Uh, and just sort of promote... Yeah. one of the movies that you guys are playing and like well duh like yeah. <laughs> we, it's like we, a we love stuff like that like anytime like a couple times people have either come to us or tried to like charge us for social media advertising or yeah. something like that and we're like well with all of our friends that we do that with whether it be Lost Marbles or House of Targ or the NAC we just kind of swap we just yeah. kind of or some of the NAC actually buys ad space and then they say would you mind tweeting this and we say sure would you mind tweeting that you know but yeah in this day and age i love that kind of friendly bartering that goes on and that's exactly so he was like hey can i promote you guys and it was like sure yeah (laughs) can we put an ad up on our big screen for you yeah so and that was that and then super easy it'll be too late for people listening to this but but keep an eye out in the future but that's tonight i guess tonight's presentation of brooklyn is his mayfair movie monday correct yeah so he'll be spreading the word so that's it. I mean, also, it's a movie that's already doing well. All of his listeners might come out tonight mm-hmm. to check And it's check that BlastTheRadio.com is Blast the name the of his site. Com, yeah. yeah. And we're on every... It's so funny because... Saturdays like, at 2. Saturdays at 2. So so if you know someone who's afraid of podcasts, but <laughs> likes listening to radio and doing um, appointment radio, they can tune in at 2 p.m. 2 p.m. On, uh, on uh, the Blast the Radio website. Um Easy enough to Google that information. Oh, no. oh we're looking at it now Sorry, and it's guys. playing music. Oh, we're going to get sued. <laughs> oh, God. I was just listening to um, a podcast that um, I just stumbled on, and, and um, it's called The, the Retroist. 
and they mm. had they had an episode. I think it's a pretty big podcast, but they have like two hundred episodes, and somebody had retweeted, and it caught my eye that they. As did. if we're on our fiftieth episode. Fiftieth episode, <laughs> yeah. Where's our prize? I want my bowling bowling trophy or something. Is it this one's going to be gold plated with a uh, embossed cover? Yeah. And uh, uh, but but on the retroist, which I've only listened to one episode, but it's very simple. Like if they're all like this, it's one guy talking, no interview. Just kind of talking like behind the scenes. It's like twenty five minutes long. So he talked about the history of Monster Squad and who worked on it, like Shane Black and um, and cool little trivia like um, Liam Neeson auditioned for a role and didn't get it, but they liked him. So he was there as like a, like an extra role essentially. But the film was this. It was never shot, but he still got a paycheck for like two days work out of it. So Liam Neeson was like on the set of Monster Squad, but That's so was funny. never you know. But so on the retroist. At the beginning, there's like a little bit of the Monster Squad cheesy 80s rap, mm-hmm. like 30 seconds of it. And then in the middle, there's like 30 seconds of, of like the ad that I'm sure he just kind of pulled off like the Blu-ray or something. Right. And I'm going to email him maybe because I keep on like, like I've heard very conflicting reports of what we could get away with without having like various people sue us. And yeah. somebody, somebody told me, and maybe Retroist will be nice enough to email me back when I drop them a line that... If you kind of keep it to like under, like thirty seconds or under, or forty five seconds or under, and because we are a a podcast that is news or 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 that kind of thing, that we can get away with that because we're talking about the movies. Well, but here's the thing: we already pay fees to SoCan. Yeah, yeah. So for playing music in between shows yeah. while the loop is on. Because I thought it would just so be fun for I that. If it's just like 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 say like. For example, like the Peanuts movie. So, say if we took this specific bod- podcast and opened it, it opened it and ended it with the little Charlie Brown cue, or like a Christmas episode opened it with. Well, I think we can get away with that because it's like public domain, but like Jingle Bells or something, you know? Yeah, I wonder if it's just a matter of being like, "Hey, we played an extra song," yeah, or something, or we or did it, like... or because it's I know a different medium, but in comic books, you'll often see a little thing saying like, like limited reproduction is allowed for review and journalistic purposes. So if you have a blog and you're doing a review of the latest issue of Batman, mm-hmm. you're allowed to reproduce the cover in your blog because you're advertising it and you're talking about something right. legit. But if you reproduce the whole issue and put it online, then you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So same thing here. Like, we're not making any money off this. We're kind of advertising the distributors and their product and us. That's true. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to email this guy. Maybe email... So can it be like, what are the rules? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to get. Can't, we can't be like those idiots on YouTube. Like, look, this is fair use. <laughs> yeah, just because I'm saying it's fair use, so I can. Or like people use who, this Beatles song. It's not fair <laughs> yeah. for you to yeah. not let us use it. Or people who have like outdoor screenings and they get sued by Paramount because they're like, well, it's ours. You can't just play it. You yeah. can't like you can't sell tickets to this. Um, but yeah, I'm curious because it'd be fun to kind of put in a little without putting too much we were talking earlier um off mic about how some people have been like oh i like the old days when you guys had funny blurbs and we're like yeah but there's so much work it's exhausting yeah <laughs> it's so much easier to cut and paste somebody else's words for a little flyer you know um and just put in a little bit of information but so same with that like i don't think we could start djing up or anything like that but putting a little bit of something in there is kind of fun i don't know if you provide shots yeah uh, maybe dj <laughs> And we should, so wait, wait, December 14th. So that means in one week from this podcast will be uh, the much anticipated by Andrew Dangerous Men's mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
so that, that's coming up Friday, January 15th. Um, and it's not just from us. It, it's, it's really all over the internet. Like, mm-hmm. just a lot of buzz about it, a lot of reviews about it. Um, so who knows? You don't want to jinx it because we've, we've showed plenty of B-movies before that have not become the next rumor Rocky Horror but maybe this well, one. Well, I hope be this it. one does. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say this guy already has or has other product available? He passed away right. a few years ago. Um, he, the but guy does who he made have this a film. Son? Yeah. <laughs> no, he has. He has a daughter who made this film available to the people at Draft House in the states, oh. and I think she was reluctant to give this movie up because she felt like it played at Fantastic Fest and she was there and she's like, my father would not like people laughing at yeah. this movie. Oh, how yeah. it's going, yeah. But the people at Draft House were very persuasive. Like, no, look, we love this movie and we want a lot of people to see it and we believe in it. And she was kind of moved by that because she felt like, oh, this kind of persistence is reminds me of my dad. He was very persistent with, with the movie. It, Dangerous Men, it's a movie, it's like this guy from Iran left the country after the Shah took over, or was it the Ayatollah? Yeah, yeah. Um, When the regime changed in, like, the late 70s, he escaped, and he was quite wealthy, and he took his family to the U.S., and he wanted to make movies. So he made, and I think he had made one or two movies in Iran before, but he he took, like, 25 years or something to make this uh, uh, action thriller, and uh, it was, like, a labor of love for him. And he finally completed it in, like, 2005 and opened it in L.A. where the first screening, there were, like, two people in the audience or something. But then eventually it caught on and became a word-of-mouth cult classic. So, and I've seen it, and it's it's uh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really, you know, if you're a fan of uh, The Room and Birdemic and films like that, then you you really should check this movie out. And that is, like, I, I like... We screened... Forget you know yeah. how to watch movies, because <laughs> this movie is very bizarre. It's Most movies have a beginning, middle, and end, even if they're not linear. This movie is just all middle, so it's like you don't know uh. where you stand, <laughs> and that makes it kind of interesting. Because like in the past few years, we've screened stuff like, like say, Troll 2, mm-hmm. which was a really fun experience, because the actor came, and he was very big-hearted, and... George Hardy. Yeah, had a good time, and took pictures with everybody... Um, and then we screened, I missed Birdemic, but we screened kind of bigger one, like Sharknado. That was a very fun evening. Um, Fateful Findings. Fateful Findings. By the way, Neil Breen has a new movie coming out called, um, oh, I forget what it's called. Maybe we'll It looks amazing, though. Um, go, I think it's... His website will have it on there. Fatefulfindings.biz or something. Yeah. Um, Pass Through. Pass Through. It's called Pass Through, and it's another sci-fi epic from (laughs) Neil Breen. It, but but I but I admit kind of like like the 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 director's daughter was feeling. There's sometimes you watch this stuff, whether it be there was a documentary for years ago called Trekkies, or right now there's a cartoon called Mike Tyson Mysteries, and there's stuff like that, <laughs> and you watch it and you're like, Mike Tyson doesn't know we're laughing at him when he's doing this cartoon, you know, or some of the Trekkies in this documentary don't know that we're kind of pitying them, and so sometimes with these movies like like The Room or Faithful Findings, it does make me kind of a bit squeamish. About about like oh because we're laughing at them but I still really I I, well, I it's, love it's the entertainment movie. at the yeah. end of the day so. and as long as you're not being mean about it you know like they're like people at the room are having a great time but I remember there's always like but Tommy really doesn't like it when we call it the best worst movie or yeah. anything like that yeah. yeah or like there'll be some jackass in the crowd who 
asks a question like that mm-hmm. and then the rest of the crowd boos him. You know, yeah. like somebody will say like, well, you know, this movie's horrible and then 99% of the crowd will turn on him and carry him out of the theater. But, but yeah, but it's an interesting, it's not a new genre because like I like, I love Mystery Science Theater, and I love those old bad 50s movies and old drive-in movies, but it's, 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 it's hard to explain to some people why you enjoy watching something bad. And I understand that confusion, but it's, there, it's not stopping me from watching something bad. There is a fine line between, like, laughing at something, and it's weird. Like, sometimes I feel bad kind of laughing at these movies, but... I still have a, a real genuine respect. Yeah. Because I know how difficult it is to make a a good movie, not an excellent movie, but a good movie. So I, I have a lot of respect for people like, you know, Tommy Wiseau and, and uh, John Rad who did Dangerous Men. Or like, like Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Like, yeah. You know, I, I, what I don't like is when people try and, well, let's make a bad movie on purpose. Yeah, Exactly. That's what like they that I hate. That's that to me is cynical. They can't make Control Three because they know that Troll yeah, Two. That, like, that I don't like. I, I prefer when you like put your heart and soul into something and yeah, it fails, but there's still an entertainment value to it. And yeah. you can and you can tell the person's sincerity behind it. Yeah, I listen to a podcast called James Bonding, even though I'm not a giant James Bond fan. And uh, Matt Gorley and Matt Myra hosted two very funny comedians, and they tear the movies apart. But they love it. Like, they, mm-hmm. they, like, Matt Myra has, like, a crazy expensive James Bond watch, and they have all the books and all the DVDs and all the merchandise. So it's kind of like if you love something, you're allowed to kind of pick at it because you've watched it so much and you know every little flaw. It's and like every... Almost Famous in all yeah. the continuity errors. <laughs> yeah, because you've watched Almost Famous 175 like, times. Probably about 500 at this point. We it's walked by ridiculous. the Almost Famous Hotel in uh, New York City. We were there. The Riot House? That would not be a yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah. It's still there? The, the, uh, the, the um, Not the Riot... Oh, no. um... He big, touched this pen. He touched this pen. The, the big famous hotel where, like, Leonard Cohen stayed and... The oh, Chelsea? The Chelsea, yeah. Isn't that... That's isn't not that, an Almost Famous. Oh, it's not? I thought that was an Almost Famous. It's but it is in a lot of Hyatt movies. House is in okay. Famous. Yeah, yeah. The Continental okay. Hyatt House is in L.A., though. Right. Yeah. I got confused. We passed by a very important hotel that other important people stayed at. Uh, cool. I think we could wrap this one up for mm-hmm. our, our first, our 50th and our first of 2016. Yeah, happy 2016, everybody. Yeah. Stay warm out there. Come see movies in our nice heated theater. <laughs> Go to House it's of Tar. Real warm. Real warm, yes. We're keeping, yeah. it, we're keeping it warm, to quote uh, Samurai Cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And uh, listen to something on Audible. Um I just listened to, I don't know if you've listened to anything, Andrew, but I just listened to Hollywood Said No by uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. Mm. Oh, isn't that about the it, film they tried to get made with Mr. Show? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's scripts that weren't picked up. And so uh, them and other cool people, like, if, if you're a fan of the comedy podcast world at all, like, so on this audiobook is David Cross and Bob Odenkirk and Paul F. Tompkins mm-hmm. and Scott Ackerman and Brian Posehn, so... All Mr. Show people. All Mr. Show people doing this, like most Mr. Show sketches, a very difficult-to-explain movie, and they're basically... And what's cool is they kind of go off book a couple times and laugh at themselves or do a little thing, but very fun to listen to. It's just like listening to... I'm, like, in love with David Cross. Oh, well, you got to listen to this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Hollywood said no, Uh, so I'm sure that is up on the old Audible. Audibletrial.com slash Mayfair Theater Podcast. You get a free audiobook. And, and go to House of Targ. I'll be going to House of Targ this Wednesday with all my friends before coming to see 
Crimson Peak and getting scared. <laughs> cool. Okay, so we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks see for listening. See you next time. Bye.